0: Come to worship the Lord, and as we do so, we're going to sing together 390. Dear Savior, thou art mine, how sweet the thought to me. Let me repeat thy name and lift my heart to thee. Mine, 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 I know thou art mine. Savior, dear Savior, I know thou art mine. That's all sound to sing that final verse again without the music. So let me sing thy praise, so let me call thee mine. psalm for today is the Psalm 34, which we will read together before we come to the throne of grace in prayer. Reverend David McLaughlin is here with a group of young people. We're delighted to have you, and we'll ask the Lord's servant to open in prayer if you'll come to the pulpit and lead us in prayer after we read Psalm 34. It's one of the great psalms, one of the favorite ones that we love to read it's the poor man crying and maybe you're here today burdened and weighed down with some great problem and you can identify so much with the author here in his trouble I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the Lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, <coughs> but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Verse 15 The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And we'll end the reading at the 19th verse. May the Lord be pleased to. Bless his word to every heart. And we'll ask the Reverend McLaughlin to lead us to this throne of grace and prayer. Thank you.
1: Let us unite in prayer. Eternal God and loving Heavenly Father, we buy another Lord's Day morning in thy sacred and holy presence. And we do so at this hour, in and through the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. How we rejoice that we read in thy word, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, thou dost know our hearts. We're not coming to thee in our name, boasting of how great or good we are, telling thee what we have done. We're not even offering to thee the works of our hands. We make no boast. Our boast is in Christ Jesus alone. And we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ, for sending Him into our sin-cursed and fallen world. We rejoice that He came on a mission of mercy. We thank You, Lord, that He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we've been singing already, Dear Saviour, Thou art mine. And we thank You for the many that have a testimony to the saving and keeping power of Jesus Christ. And we rejoice that He's not only our Saviour this morning, but He is indeed our Lord. We bless thee that he's the shepherd and bishop of our soul. We're thankful that he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And we have read in thy word today, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. And we realize that many can come to the house of God, and they can be burdened with troubles. They can have woes and problems and pressures that thine eye does see. And we pray that they will find even help at this time. Lord, pour out thy spirit. We ask thee to offer, as we offer our praise, that thou will accept it. We desire that the fruit of our lips and the adoration of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight. And we commend thy servant to thee today. We thank you for him, his life and ministry. We thank you, Lord, for the congregation here in Ballymunny, from its inception right unto the present hour. We thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness to the blood in the book, and we commend thy servant to thee. And he opens up the scriptures and ministers to our heart. We pray that the Holy Spirit will come and apply the Word of God in such a way that precious souls will come to saving faith in Christ. Any that are cold and backslidden, and we realize, Lord, it's easy to drift. It's easy to become complacent. It's easy to be careless, even in relation to the things of God, Lord. We're such frail, weak creatures. Have mercy upon us. Come and apply the blood afresh. Come and quicken us by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that thy word will be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, even at this time. And may it please thee as thou would be desirous even of helping thy people to give us a fresh, wonderful vision of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And use that vision to spur us on to live for him whom to know is life eternal. Lord, accept of our thanks for this time of divine worship. We commend it to thee. Have mercy upon us now and grant us much grace, the cleansing of the blood and the quickening of thy blessed Holy Spirit, for we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother, for
0: leading us in prayer. We're going to worship the Lord again as we sing 239 it's one of my favorite hymns, Precious, Precious Blood of Jesus, Shed on Calvary, Shed for Rebels, Shed for Sinners, Shed for Me. Let's really sing this onto the praise of God's glory. Stand to sing. of welcome to all who have gathered today. We welcome you in the Saviour's precious and worthy name. We have visitors from Scotland, Pastor Gordon Thompson and his wife Janice and his daughter Holly. And anybody else come in since I was speaking to you? No? And uh, the, the Pattons are here as well, Matt and Isabel. So we welcome our Scottish friends in the Lord's great name. And we welcome the contingent from Carrie Duff, it's lovely to see the young people looking so fresh after such a, a, a busy weekend, and their minister and the minister's wife welcome in the Lord's name. We have some visitors from Mackerfelt, visitors from Kesh, and maybe from other places, so we're glad to have you today. I want to welcome Sasha and his wife and family back again. We were praying much for them because they had a very long journey. As you know, they, they were away for three weeks, they traveled to Ukraine went back home for a season and now they're back safely in Balamoni for another little time. So good to have you. Good to have the other Ukrainian friends that are here. Always welcome. And thinking of those that have come back, we think of of Vika and uh, her family because they will be traveling on the 8th of September uh, back to Ukraine and they're going home uh, for good to be with husband and father of the children. So we'll be thinking about you over the next little while. Trust the Lord will be with you and your children as you prepare to leave. We have an open air this afternoon at 3.30 and it is in Millbrook Manor. Remember that, please. And you know where to go, those that go out on a Sunday afternoon through the month of August, same location. Time of prayer tonight, 6.30, as we come to seek the Lord on behalf of the Gospel Meeting. Gospel Meeting is at 7, and it's taking a little bit of a different form tonight because Kirsty is going to train with Crown College, and she will give a testimony and a little report about that as she will be heading on Wednesday or Thursday of this week uh, to start her studies there. There will be a retiring offering this evening after the service to support Kirsty. I want you to remember that. And uh, I want to preach tonight something that I, I trust will search out every heart of God's people regarding the Great Commission. There's two great commands that the Lord has given with regard to the preaching of the Word in these last days, and I want to set that before you. Refreshments will be served, and... Ladies, I've been asked to mention to you if you can very kindly bring a tray of something, something that we can eat. It might be scones, it might be buns, pancakes, sandwiches, whatever it is you can bring, bring tonight. We'd appreciate that. On Wednesday, Andrew and Sarah will be getting married and we want to wish them well. On behalf of Hebron, that will take place here at 12.30 uh, in the afternoon, so remember them. As they come together in married life, and as far as the church here is concerned, we want to assure you, Sarah, and your new husband-to-be, the Lord's blessing, may the Lord be with you. Our Scottish friends are over for a wedding, and they have a daughter that is getting married. Bethany is getting married to Reuben, and it's on Wednesday as well, same day. So we trust that you will be blessed and your family will be blessed at this very special time in this special week. Thursday night is the midweek at 8 o'clock and Greg will be back again uh, to bring his final message on Isaiah 53. I'll be here to lead. really appreciate Greg helping out over the summertime. And this Thursday is the night that we pray for missionary work and revival. Then Friday through to Sunday this year, the Sunday school camp will take place and the children who are going are leaving at 9 o'clock in the morning of Friday, so please remember that uh, if you're involved in that, make sure you're here a little bit before 9 o'clock so that we can get packed up. The prayer meeting will take place as usual at 8 o'clock. Very encouraged that a young man from Carrie Duff was looking for the prayer meeting before the service. Um, We had to tell him that the prayer meeting is at 8 o'clock here on a Sunday morning uh, because usually Sunday school is taking place and just before the service, it's the elders that pray with the minister before. He goes out, but we will be gathering for prayer at eight o'clock, and the worship service at 12 noon, Chris Killen, missionary to the addicted, will be here to preach the word. In my absence, I'll be preaching at the Sunday school camp. The open air in the afternoon, the venue of Stuart Park, and the gospel meeting at night at seven. I want to speak on the great judgment day on accountability, and there's a message for all next Lord's Day evening. The meeting is at seven. Refreshments will be served after the service. Now can I announce back to Sunday school and church barbecue will be taking place on Saturday the 2nd of September at 5.30. So if you remember from last year, there were various events and activities for the children, especially uh, over in the school property and, and the football field there. So we hope to have something similar as last year and the food also being served to you. Few special announcements on the 3rd of September in the evening at our family night and friends' night service. We're having the testimony of Sandra Marshall. Sandra's known to most of you here, she would worship with us when she's down in this part, and uh, she will give that personal word of testimony. There are invitations at the door that you can take and give out to your friends and family. On the 29th of September, just making you aware of this. There's a special 40th anniversary concert in uh, connection with our school. 40 years this year we're celebrating, and that will be in Bellamoney Town Hall at the clock, with various ones taking part. Then we have our gospel mission. I want you to be in prayer for this from the 10th to the 24th of September. We go around different venues in the town of recent times, and Dalriada School is the venue this year. Preparation for the mission will begin on Thursday week the 31st of August and we will have a mission preparation message the following week from Monday the 4th to Friday the 8th outreach and prayer meetings. Let me mention one other uh, important announcement with regard to a testimony which will be on the 15th of October. I'm mentioning this because I want you to make it known and tell others about it. A man by the name of Courtney Bradley, Harris, a Jewish child rescued from the Holocaust will be here uh, to give a personal word of testimony. Kinder Transport children was a scheme that was organized by the United Kingdom at the time of World War II. And that very simply was to rescue orphaned children, other children from the Holocaust, Jewish children. 10,000 of them were brought to the British Isles. Courtney was one of those children at the age of five He was on the last train that left Germany to come to this land. His parents or his mother actually had placed him in an orphanage just to get his life saved from the Nazis. But at that time, things were very difficult, and the Nazis were now beginning to uh, go against the orphanage work, especially where Jewish children were. And so he got out, came to the British Isles back in 1939 and uh, he was adopted eventually into a Christian family in England. He grew up battling to learn English. He had no English when he came to the British Isles. He learned English. At the age of 15, he was converted to Christ, and then he became a preacher. God called him into the ministry, and for over 60 years, he has been a pastor in free evangelical and reformed churches, and for 12 of those years, he served and worked for Sasra, that's the Soldiers and Airmen Scripture Readers Association, and he's got a great testimony. So we want you to know about this. He's a man that is almost 90, and uh, he still preaches. He sometimes travels a hundred miles, drives a hundred miles somewhere in England to preach the word, and he's willing to come to Northern Ireland just to tell us his story. We look forward to that. Can I congratulate Christopher and Amanda on the birth of their baby daughter. Robin is smiling from ear to ear because he's the grandfather and, of course, to the grandparents, we congratulate them also. And this was a beautiful little baby girl. Um, Gabriella is the name. And uh, I had the joy of visiting there on Saturday. I think it was, I think it was yesterday. And... Uh, Just how sweet it is, the hymn writer said, to hold a newborn baby, and so it was. Not so newborn, Robin, because uh, she was 11 pounds something when she was born. We say in this country, half-raired. Robin replied, he's going out to buy her her school bag. So uh, something like that, but a beautiful little girl, and we rejoice with the family. Missionary Council Weekend is the 3rd to the 5th of November. It's in the Silver Birch Hotel in Oma, and you can enjoy a special conference meeting with a missionary challenge and great times of Christian fellowship. If you're interested in that, we have forms at the door. If you need any other information, if you see Sadie McCauley about that. Then we want you to pray for the Reverend and Mrs. Andrew Foster, the daughter of, and their daughter Charlotte. They have been evacuated from their home in Willowbrook over there in Canada, because of the wildfire that is raging in that area, and they're presently living in the church building at Penticton. So they'd appreciate your prayers at this time, that the wildfires will not reach their property and their neighbors as well. Please keep them in mind. Just very quickly, the shoebox appeal for Romania. We're looking for 200, and these will be made up in Romania. Cost is £12 each. If you want to make a child happy, you could maybe consider that, and they will be distributed in October in the will of God. There's 150 children in Rekash School, it's a school for poor children, and there's another uh, 50 children in Muldebanoa, where we have strong connections with for the past eight years. And this was last year, the children getting uh, the shoebox gifts, which came in a plastic container, and all the items that were that were in that container. So there's we Sonia, delighted to get her shoebox, and if you can help. Please let us know. We're glad that Luci and his family and Graziella will do the shopping for us, so this saves the carriage of these shoeboxes out to Romania, and the girls from Deborah House, they're going to help do the packing. Continue to pray for those that need the touch of the Lord in their life, and maybe David is here, was here, um, out in the fellowship area probably now, but uh, we thank you for remembering David. This Wednesday, he'll be six weeks old, And he's just had struggles, as you know, keeping his food down. That's been the main problem and consequently has not been able to put on much weight. But uh, good news this week was he's up to birth weight again and he's put a little bit of extra on and we just trust they'll get to the bottom of the problem. We're thinking also of baby Jacob there at the end of the the prayer request list. Uh, He was transferred from the royal to Antrim and has now... Home brought home, and this is, of course, a difficulty for parents looking after this child with so many needs. Uh, So, I think the parents are absolutely exhausted, and you might remember them uh, in prayer before the Lord. Just thinking of a few other prayer requests. Vision for Kids, the organisation, is in Kenya at the present time. Many from our own church here, and these are just a few of the recent photographs that they have shared. Uh, with the children that they've been laboring with over the past little while, and the school project, uh, getting it a lick of paint and getting it all freshened up. Our own youth council trip to Kenya, they've been busy doing three different BBSs in three different churches, and that visit has gone extremely well. So we appreciate young people who give up their time. They go to the mission field to serve the Lord, albeit just for a week or two but that's always very much appreciated by those who receive their help on the other side. We continue to pray for our friends uh, from Ukraine and all the situation that their friends and family and people that they know are facing every day back at home as Russia still continues to, to bomb their country. And we look to the Lord, who is the only one that can bring a war to an end, and we trust that that will be soon. We bring our tithes and our offerings into God's house now. Um, today is missionary council envelopes and the school covenant support. And as we give to the Lord, we sing together 351 When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say It is well It is well with my soul the greatest verse I believe in the hymn it brings us to the cross let's sing it with joy as we think of the Saviour who was nailed to the cross for us my sin of the bliss Turning to Mark's gospel, we're doing a series through this book. We come to message 89 as we turn again to the 10th chapter and read verse 17 through to verse 22. Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 17. This is a great history in the the ministry of Christ. And the thing about doing a series of messages through a gospel like this is that we come across wonderful gospel applications. And so on a Sunday morning, it's good that we're able to give that application to those that know not the Lord who worship with us on a Sunday morning. And we're going to think about a young man who walked away, walked away from Christ. And as far as we know, never to come back. Verse 17. When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, "'Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life?' And Jesus said unto him, "'Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness.' Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, And follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Ending the reading at the 22nd verse. Let's bow together in prayer, just seek the Lord briefly. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we know that our God makes no mistakes. We have a divine appointment with the Lord now in his word. This message as we plan going through the gospel of Mark is ordained for this very day. We believe that with all of our hearts. It's a message for someone here. We pray that you'll speak to us all, but Lord, single out those who for weeks, months, years of their life have been walking away from Christ. Stop them in their tracks and cause them to think even as we ponder what this young man did in his day 2,000 years ago. Make your word live. Bring it up to date in our hearts. Apply it by the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit and give me the words to say, oh Lord, I'm weak of myself, but I trust in the mighty power of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be with us now as we break the bread of life. These things we pray in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. The story that we've read together from God's Word, from this Gospel, is one of the most touching that we have in all the Bible. It is also one of the most tragic stories that we have in the Scriptures. It's touching because we we have a young man who is moved in his heart to seek out Christ. He had hopes and desires. They were honorable. And the story begins so well, I'm sure you'll agree, Here's a young man, he comes running. It's a wonderful thing when people come running to Christ. He not only comes running, but he comes kneeling. He falls at the feet of the Savior. And he comes beseeching, for he wanted to know the way of eternal life. He comes inquiring after such things. The story is also tragic because he leaves the presence of the Savior without that which he had desired, even eternal life, the very burden of his heart and his soul. Undoubtedly, Jesus Christ touched the lives of thousands of people when he was here upon the earth. Wherever he went, preaching the gospel, performing miracles, showing deeds of kindness, he influenced the multitudes. The vast majority were were kindly disposed towards him and, the crowds, even to the end of His ministry, they came flocking to His congregations. And we've noted that over and over again in this Gospel of Mark, how that Jesus Christ was never short of an audience. They were always there to hear Him. By the time we reach the 10th chapter of Mark, the public ministry of Christ is almost over. Who Christ was and what He came to do was by this time widely known. He had come to save men from their sin. He had come to seek souls for his kingdom. He had come to rescue men from hell and destruction. He came to give his life as a ransom. He came to forgive and bestow pardon upon those who had come to him. He declared, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that indeed is a summary of the entire mission of Jesus Christ to this world. To seek men and to save them from their sin. To save them for time and eternity. And so the rich young ruler, as he's known as, he had knowledge. He recognized that Christ was a mighty teacher. And he believed that he had the answer to the great burden that was burning in his heart. How can I have eternal life? How can I go to heaven? How can I know that it's well with me when I come to leave this world? How can I know that I have a sure future in glory when I come to die? The tragedy of this story is seen in the fact that the young man walked away from the Savior. He left the presence of Christ without settling the matter of his soul and salvation. There is no doubt that in gospel meetings and missions, there are many that are just like him. They come so near to Christ. They understand the wonderful truths about the Savior. Indeed, they possess hopes and aspirations, and they're filled with desire, but they turn away, and they go away without salvation. I'm convinced that there are many who attend, have attended our meetings over the years and they have drawn up close to the Son of God. Their hearts have been touched. An interest has been created within. And they have had desires for eternal life and heaven. But they've walked away. And in reality, that's what people do at every gospel service when they leave without the Lord, when they leave without eternal life, without salvation, and if it's in this church, they walk through those doors, they walk away from Christ every time the gospel is presented. You know that Jesus Christ is the way of salvation. You know that he's the only way to heaven. You know that he died upon the cross for our sin. And so I'm asking you on this Sabbath day, what are you going to do now at this worship service? Are you going to do what you've been doing for years and you walk away without Christ, just like this young man? Or are you going to come and receive him? And I pray that it will be the latter, that you will trust in the Lord. I want you to notice as we look at this young man and this incident here, his seeking, because he does seek the Lord. Verse 17 told us about that. There came one running and kneeled to him, and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He couldn't have sought for a better thing. This young man believed in eternal life, so he was certainly not from that side of the religious community that were the Sadducees. They did not believe in the future. They did not believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in the life hereafter, but this young man did. He was convinced that there was a happy life in a world to come. And he was concerned to make sure that he would obtain it. And no doubt it was a rare thing for a man so young and so rich to contemplate the destiny of his soul and eternity. But this youth moved of God was seeking and searching for the answer. He felt something had to be done. Something good in order to obtain his goal. And it seems that he is in earnest. And it seems that he is prepared to do anything to become a possessor of life eternal. He must have had some inclination, some insight as to what eternity was going to be like for those who died in their sin. He must have known what it was like, had knowledge of these things, that for the soul that died without God's salvation, that soul would be lost forever in a Christless hell. He must have understood at least that part of the gospel. And so he comes. And he comes to the right one. He comes to Jesus. And he comes for the right thing. He wants eternal life. And you'll notice how he comes. He comes publicly. Before all, he didn't care about the people. And he comes eagerly. He's running. I can picture him in my mind's eye as he runs to the place where Jesus was. Then he comes humbly because he, he he comes kneeling, just falls there at the feet of the dear Saviour. And to all intent and purpose it looks so promising. Started out so well. I wonder is there one here and you're seeking eternal life? You'd want to know that it's well with you in eternity. You'd want to be certain about your future when you leave this life, when you die, that it would be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. You'd want to know that it was well. We sang it earlier. It is well, it is well with my soul. All you want is to be in heaven. There's nothing more vital. Nothing more important. For a poor lost sinner to seriously inquire after such things, May you be like this man, may, may you run to Christ, may you ask about eternal life. Oh, there were others like him that recognized their need and they, they sought the Lord. Remember Nicodemus in John chapter 3, And at the beginning of the Lord's ministry, he came to the Lord by night, he sought out an audience with the Son of God. He came searching and seeking for something, he wanted to know more knowledge about spiritual things, and he asked the question, how can a man be born when he's old, when Jesus told him that he had to be born again? The Jews and the the proselytes in Acts chapter 2, when the great sermon of Peter was proclaimed, that sermon that centered on Christ and his death and his resurrection, you remember something happened in their heart, and they began to cry out, men and brethren, what shall we do? as they contemplated their future, as they thought about eternity. What shall we do? Peter and the others had the joy of telling them what to do with regard to repenting of their sin and seeking the Lord. We think of the Philippine jailer when by awakening grace, as he stood there or knelt there before Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? All these people made inquiries. I wonder, are you seeking today? Are you inquiring after heaven, after eternal life? I pray that it will be so. But not only his seeking, you'll see his self-righteousness. In the next few verses, 18 to 20, Jesus said to him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good, that is God. I knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not honor thy father and mother. He answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Christ deals with him gently. He begins by telling him, keep the commandments to which he replied, "Which, which ones, Lord, do you refer to? And the Lord, he specifies six. We read them in verses 18 and 19. Those six commandments that are to do with our relationship to our fellow man. But this young ruler fell short. He had a vain conceit of his own merit and strength. And he answers the Lord, and maybe even somewhat scornfully, all these things have I kept from my use up. And in all probability, the answer was true, as, as he thought, at least outwardly. From a lad, he had kept himself free from these external pollutions. But his heart if he could just know it was sinful and corrupt. He took pride in an outward observance of the law. He had probably offended in his heart in every one of these commandments and had broken them in the heart, which is the seat of wickedness, the place that God sees. God sees your heart today, just like he saw this young man. And so instead of saying arrogantly, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet he should have with humility and with sorrow of heart said, All these things have I broken. What do I do to have my sins pardoned? That should have been his attitude. Now I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps he realized as God's word teaches, his works were not sufficient. So he asks. What lack I yet? What more is there for me to do? Lord, I've tried to keep the commandments. What more? Well, Jesus gives the answer. Look with me at verses 21 and 22 because it brings us to his stumbling block. Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved. You know, he stumbled on three things. The Lord is telling him to do certain things here. Go thy way and sell what thou hast. Not every person is asked to do that, but this young man was asked to do that because the Lord knew his heart and knew that he was a covetous young man. And then he was not only to go his way and sell what he had, but he was to come. The person needs to come, come to Christ in order to be saved. And then he was to take up his cross and follow the Lord. Christ ignores his boasts in obedience to the law, and he puts his finger upon the real barrier in his life. He called him to prove his sincerity for eternal life. You see, the Lord knew his heart. He knew that he was covetous. He knew that his money, his possessions meant more to him than anything else, even eternal life. Because the Lord knows the heart of all men. And this rich young man, he he loved his riches more than anything else. And he was not prepared to put Christ first. He wanted eternal life upon his own terms not the terms of Christ. And so his wealth became a barrier. It became a hindrance, a snare. In fact, from the scene before us, Jesus teaches or takes the opportunity to teach his disciples that the difficulty of rich men getting saved. We didn't read the verse, but you'll see there in verse 23 that Jesus looked round about and said to the disciples, how hardly shall they that are riches enter into the kingdom of God? The disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again and saith unto him, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It's a hard thing, Jesus says, for rich men to be saved. Not an impossible thing. Rich men have been saved. Nicodemus was one of the three most wealthy people that lived in the city of Jerusalem in the time of Christ, and he got converted. He came to be born again, as we know. But Jesus said it's a hard thing. Why? Because riches are a danger. The way to heaven for all is a narrow way with a straight gate, but especially for the rich. And riches can be a stumbling block. Maybe it is for you. Pounds and pence. They're stumbling you today. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe something else is snaring you. A stumbling block to you. Might be your pals, your friends. They're stopping you from coming to Christ. Because you love them more than eternal life in Christ. Might be the pleasures of the world. You love the sinful things that this world has to offer. And that's what's more important to you than seeking the Lord. Or it might be popular religion. Or it might be pride or procrastination or some other thing. But you're stumbling today, as this young man did. I want you to notice fourthly and finally his sadness. Look at what we read in verse 22. And he was sad at that saying. And he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. You know, I read that, and I have to say that's a very sad sentence. It's, it's one of the saddest sentences that you will read in all the Bible. And you want to look at the statement. You want to see how the statement builds up upon itself. He went away. If you were to stop there and there was nothing else said, you would have to say, how sad that is. Here's a young man, he wanted eternal life. He comes running to Christ. He falls at the feet of the Savior. How can I have eternal life, Lord? Can you tell me the way to heaven? And yet now we see he's going away without eternal life. Not so sad. When someone gets us close to Christ and goes away, but you know, the sentence doesn't end there and the information doesn't end there because it says he went away grieved. I want to think about that. He missed what he yearned for and there's regret in his heart and there's tears in his eyes as he walks away from the presence of the Lord. But not only did he go away grieved, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And that makes it even sadder, doesn't it? that he was prepared to let his riches come between him and God. He was prepared to allow his wealth to damn his soul in hell forevermore. And furthermore, he went away grieved. And let me put the words in, for it's very likely, perhaps forever. Never do you read about this young man coming back to Christ. There's nothing in the history of all the New Testament that says there was another time in the experience of this young man when he returned and he he sought the Lord. And so it looks like a young man going away and maybe forever, what a tragedy, if anyone should leave any gospel meeting and go away from Christ forever, never to return again, never to be saved and to die in their sin. And can I say something else about him going away? He went away loved. It's this gospel writer, gospel writer Mark, that tells us that he went away loved. Jesus, beholding him, loved him. To me, that's an awful thought that somebody could go away to hell that was loved loved by Christ an awful thought you know sinner in this meeting without Christ I want to tell you that God loves you I want to tell you that Christ who went to the cross of Calvary loves you and are you going to go away are you going to go away with regret in your heart snared because of something that's standing in the way of you getting right with God, riches or something else? Are you going to go away forever? Maybe never to get another opportunity, never to come to Christ. Maybe you're not far from the kingdom of God this morning and you wish for salvation and you've got even feelings in your heart about these things like this man evidently did and you You mean, well, this man did. No wonder do you hope and you long to be in heaven someday. But you've never come to the Lord. And there's something that's snaring you. I would say, cast it away. Because it's not worth it. Whatever it is, it might mean so much to you now in this world, as far as worldly terms is concerned. But in the, in the bigger picture, in the light of eternity, it is not worth it. Do not turn and walk away without Jesus Christ and eternal life. Because, my friend, if you don't come now, possibly you will never come at all. And that's the reality. We see it here in black and white in God's Word. This young man who went away, preaching's over. I'm just going to leave the message with you and ask you, what are you going to do? Young man, this was a young man, young woman, are you going to go away, maybe even wishing that you were saved with eternal life in your possession, heaven as your destination? Are you going to go away without Christ? Are you going to go away grieved? Are you going to go away loved? Are you going to go away maybe forever? I say, don't do that. Come to the Lord. Come right now. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this next passage in Mark's gospel that, again, we believe by divine appointment you you've brought it before us, that the challenge might be given, that the word of God might be proclaimed, that people who are not saved might have the opportunity of seeing their need of a redeemer. Lord, don't let anyone be like this young man and go away without Christ. Even this morning, this Sabbath day, oh Lord, we pray that you will bring eternal life and joy and sins forgiven, pardon and peace forevermore to some individual that's here. Maybe a young person, maybe an older person, but Lord, you know the heart and you know the business that needs to be done with the Lord today. Speak on now while the voice of the preacher is silent in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn. It's 273, I hear thy welcome voice that calls me, Lord, to thee for cleansing in thy precious blood that flowed in Calvary. I wonder, are you saying I'm coming? I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to walk out through those doors without the Lord. I am coming, Lord. Coming now to thee. Wash me. Cleanse me in the blood that flowed. Let's rise to sin. Father dismiss us in your fear and love let your word live on for those that need to make a decision that brings them to Christ give them the grace that they need draw them with irresistible grace bless your word honour the saviour may it not return to the empty we ask these things in Jesus worthy name Amen and Amen